Welcome to Starlight, a space-themed D&D opera. My name is Sam Williams, and I'm the voice behind Clive Jensen, your favorite cybernetic cowboy. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone for tuning in. This show is a passion project for all of us, and without you, it wouldn't be possible. After the show, if you could drop us a review on iTunes, this will help us further our goal of reaching the furthest corners of the galaxy and allow us to provide the best adventure for every spacer. Thank you, everyone. And with that, let us continue into Starlight. Hello, weathered spacers, and welcome to Starlight. As many of you know, I'm Isaac Yorks, the GM of these zany adventures. I wanted to see if you knew all the ways you can connect with us. We have social media pages, like our Starlight Adventures page on Instagram, where you can get information on upcoming things and even vote on story elements, or get your questions featured in the show. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and Discord. Lastly, we have a super fun Patreon links in the show notes below our patreon members get exclusive access to story information npc builds story voting and much more like one shot games with yours truly if you want to get more involved in the show or give back these are all great things to check out all right i'll see you soon spacers now back to the action here we go roll for initiative Welcome back to Starlight, guys. Glad to continue on the adventure and to find Tauntaun. But before we get going, once again, thank you to our sponsor, Loki Battle Mats. You guys make the show go around, as well as our Patreon listeners. And also, for the people who give reviews, it means a whole lot. I mean, it helps the show get found by other spacers, and it makes sure that Clive gets the, fr- the fame that he's always seeking. Right, Clive? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell tell everybody about me. I, I'm the the greatest. Uh, the, what's the sharpshooter? Yeah, sharpshooter in or in the universe. There we go. From about half of season one up, he is, anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get shot. But anyways, we we got a new review, and so if you're gonna send in reviews, only five stars. Otherwise. Bye. Uh, but we just want to say thanks and read one of the newest reviews we got. So take it away. Before I read this, I just want to say this is really nice. Um, and these kind of things mean a lot to us. So without further to do, um, I can't read the full title, but it says a cinematic experience rather the and then da da da. So wait, who's it from? Pedro the Cactus, one, two, three, four, five. I love so you, thank Pedro. you, Pedro the Cactus. What blows me away with this show is the attention to to detail. Each episode is super tight, doesn't overstay its welcome, and clearly the editor, Isaac, took a ton of time putting work into it. The music keeps you at attention, the sound effects add to the atmosphere, and the storytelling from the DM and the players work well with the story they are trying to tell. 
one of the rare AP podcasts that delivers great story with great cinematic experience for your listening pleasure. High recommendation with an exclamation mark at the end. It's almost like a Texan. Yes. Hi. I am from Texas. Uh, seriously, thank you. This kind of stuff means a lot to us. Cool. And with that, I am Isaac, your GM and host. Uh, we have our special guest. Oh, that's me. Hi, I'm Eris. <laughs> and Eris is going to continue playing Artixis and Bartholomew. Yes. And next to her, we have... Uh, I'm Sam Williams, playing Clive Jensen. I'm Nathan, and I play Atlas. And I'm Courtney, and I play Ray Byrne. All right. And now we have some information to get on this episode of Starlight. Hey, Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. Having shocked, delighted, and making enemies within the market of Osmaria, the spacers finally find their way to a meeting with Artixis Albane, a inventor, and the only person who claims to have an idea of what hit the wall and what might be attracting the Hydra. Allowing Bartholomew, the inventor's robotic Komodo dragon, to play a holotape of images captured, the spacers find themselves caught between reality and legends. Artixis believes it is possible the ancient people of Balistar, known as the Kappa Wararbe, may have emerged from the watery depths following the crash, and is now using some ancient power source to call the multi-headed monsters. But of course, he is not sure, but he just might know someone who is. Memories retrieved. We jump into this episode with Vote of Inspiration. One that was not gifted to Ray, to Atlas, or to Clive. Oh no. Dun dun dun. It was given to Artixis. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, oh man, we're boned. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to our, our listeners. You guys make this show incredibly fun. Where we pick up then, we look at the setting sun the setting sun that is disappearing over the remains of the shield wall that is manned by the security of the Osmaria village. And we see the starry expanse beginning to form. And we already are seeing four of the 12 moons that rotate around Ballastar, painting the sky with this beautiful glow. And then we zoom back a little bit from that and we see a figure, a man, a little bit gray, missing some hair, thin, gaunt, long nose, with a little bit of a crook in the center, fine clothes, if not somewhat dirty, and a velvet ascot around a thin neck. Dirty hands with perfectly manicured nails set up a fire and are beginning to strike it. He kind of grumbles. So world tech. Come on. And then catches fire. Tauntaun straightens. Just as a group of four figures, one of which is riding a metallic bot Komodo dragon, emerge from a cluster of trees and buildings. Tauntaun almost seems to like know before they even call out his name or say anything that he is no longer alone and just turns and waves and story's not for another 30 minutes didn't you hear me 
Todd, uh, Todd, Todd, it's uh, it's me, our our, our Texas, actually. <coughs> One second, there, lad. Pulls out some glasses, spectacles, puts them on. Ah, all right. Well, if it's just you and you can you can, you can sit here, but uh, you better tell your friends they aren't getting a, a penny's worth of extra stories out of me till it's time. Uh, no, no, no. We would. Uh, we. I, I would never. Uh, I would never waste your time like that. Uh, I actually, I actually, we do have uh, uh, some questions, though. Um, my uh, one of my associates here um, is from the uh, the Kashin family, um, and uh, we're uh, investigating the Hydras. Uh, and um, well, uh, we, they had they had they had some questions. We were hoping to uh, um, uh, possibly some leads for us to chase. Hmm. Do they? Well, do I own this park? The answer is no, so I can't stop you. Pull up a log and we'll go ahead. What do you have? The uh, first thing I'm trying to I'm curious about is the Caparame. Caparame. The oh, the Caparabe. Yes, that. Well, yes, uh, Todd. Todd, yeah, I mean, you've, you've I've heard you tell uh, a number of stories about them. And I, you're uh, very well versed in the folklore. Um, so, uh, so more specifically, uh, less about their history and more about. Uh, um, them themselves, the Kapoorabe. Um, what, uh, what can you tell us about? Well, lad, what can I tell you about them? What's to say? I mean, they're legends. Not much to tell. He goes back to putting stuff onto the fire. What if, uh, what if I told you that it wasn't just a legend? Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. 17. Well, <clears throat> he throws a big heavy log in. Then... I would be inclined to wonder why you think that that's the case, young fella. Uh, well, um, I, you're, you're the folklorist, of course, but, uh, um, you know, the Kapoorabe, they, um, uh, in the legends, they had, uh, a certain uh, measure of control over the seas and, uh, aquatic beasts. That they did, that they did. Um, I, I'm wondering, um, the insurgence of hydras uh, that we've been having um, if possibly uh, there could be some sort of connection um, according to the legends uh, the people of Balistar uh, came uh, uh, evolved from uh, the branch of the Kapoorabe that uh, split off from the power that they associated themselves with um, do you think that the uh the original Kapoorabe could have uh, persisted. Um, possibly even, uh, I don't know, maybe somehow uh, have something to do with the Hydras or other um, untoward things out at sea. Well, lad, I think that first off, every story has some root in reality. And I think that's what lies buried beneath the water is best left alone. Now, if you're asking if what crashed into the wall and burrowed deep down into the fields and what was below that could have awakened something, I would tell you that I've heard more than enough stories to suggest that such things happen. It is weird. That's certainly, that's certainly true for these beasts to suddenly Come on, command. But 
one would often just think that it's more of a, the disturbance calling them. But something tells me that you're convinced otherwise. Uh, our, our Texas, just, <clears throat> just show them the pictures. Uh, mm, Todd, Todd, have you uh, studied any of like the texts or the images as well as the stories? Of course. Um, I will give you liberty to uh, use this for whatever tale you may spin, but um, if you could refrain from telling the guards that I uh, took this picture from on top of the wall, because you know they don't let me near there, um, I have something I need to show you. Bartholomew, can you uh, uh Can I do an insight check him? on him first? Yes. 25. You get the sense that the man is intrigued and that there's something more that he seems to know than he's giving. You also noticed that there's something odd about his eyes. While like a dark brown ring is around like the center of the eye, the, the center itself is, it's more like cracked coal. I want you to know that if you betray Artixis here, my friend Atlas here will kill you and I will assist. I don't tend to be very intimidating the way I look, but I promise I'm capable of it. He, on the other hand, can kill you very quickly. Last, there's no need for killing here. If you betray our Texas, it'll be part of the stories. Well, if I know something that you need, I won't be much help if I'm dead. Don't betray our Texas. Please, Bartholomew, he taps Bartholomew's head. Bartholomew then projects what was shown to you guys before. Tauntaun looks it over carefully. And just as Bartholomew shuts off the image, you see a small group of children coming to hear the story from Tauntaun, but Tauntaun's face doesn't change into the normal smile and charade of happiness that brings people in. And he says, sorry, children, story's off for tonight. And he kicks the fire out. Oh. You come back tomorrow, I'll have two. I'll have two stories, I promise. But I have some things to see to. First off, you took that picture from up there. Uh, Snuck by the security? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, my, um, come on. My dad built the wall. I'm the only one who could fix it. They wouldn't let me near it. There's a giant hole. In, I mean, what was I supposed to do? Good on you, lad. I thought you were just a paper tiger ready to fold under anything. You're made of better <laughs> stuff than that, aren't you? I, 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 I will take that as a compliment. Thank you. You know, there are some, if I said that to, they would have taken my head, but I feel like I'm worried oh, about that I, with you. I, 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 I wouldn't hurt a fly. I mean, at least not on purpose. I mean... <laughs> That you wouldn't. That you wouldn't. You and your associates come with me. Oh, oh okay. We can talk a little bit more at depth about this. And he begins to lead you back out of town into the forest along what are like kind of like hiking trails that then disperse into actual forest land. And you go deeper and deeper into the wood. Tauntaun makes small talk if you guys broach the subject with him, but he's he has like a sole focus on where he's taking you guys. 
and eventually you come to a grove of trees, trees that create an arcade around this opening directly under one of the moons. And in the center, you see one of those small statues that you saw in the market. But this one isn't of a bird or an animal like a lot of the shrines are. This one is of a rough humanoid shape that's kind of blobbed. The center of its stomach is hollowed out. And in it are two wisteria leaves and a rock. He motions at it. This is a Kapodoarbe shrine. Elders of the town built this long ago. And there are few like myself who remember it and come and offer good tidings so that the spirits may leave us be, as well as bring bounty and harvest. By chance, young Artixus, what you saw on that disc, did it happen to look like that? And then he points, not at the statue, but what's within the, the contents of the statue, to that stone that's face down. And, and now as you kind of peer, you can kind of see like a, just a faint light kind of coming off from the, from the bottom of the stone, but you can't really tell what it is. Uh, I kind of look, toward, look, look towards Tauntaun for like affirmation to approach. It's just a statue talking about uh, uh appeasing the spirits i don't know uh I'm, I'm, I'm not super well versed in that i don't wanna i don't wanna displease any of them you know <laughs> a lot of it is tradition and while tradition can drive a culture and care for it it's often isn't the boogeyman that's going to bring ill omen i think you'll be fine so long as you don't steal it uh, uh, well, never stolen a thing in my life, so don't you worry about that. Uh, okay. You pick up the rock. Much like a geode embedded in a rock is, the top half is just like a standard gray rock, and you flip it over, and suddenly the whole entire area falls alight with this, like, aqualine blue crystal glow. Very similar to the element that was in the center of the disc that night. Uh, this, uh, about the closest thing I've ever seen to it. I mean, minus all of the, uh, uh minus the engravings of, uh, sea life around it. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what that is. Thought as much. Thought as much. The Capo Arbe are not a legend. They are real. And everything you, for the most part, have said is true. And it is very possible that many of them still sleep beneath the surface but none have been seen for a long time and no no one knows why they disappeared or died out other than that they were cursed I would like to think that it's probably some mixture of something they were doing so it is entirely possible that if such a dwelling place actually lay underneath our dear Osmaria that that thing that crashed into the wall could have awoken it this and he points at the rock, was a crucial element to their culture. This was the power source that they used to change the face of this this planet. Of course, not in such a small quantity, but come see for yourself. And he leads you over to a small jade pool, and inside you can see like a small like koi fish in there. It's just swimming like sleep. He motions for you to put your hand with the rock into the water do so 
it glows like a faint blue. And then I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Um, it's five. <laughs> it is a five. Nice. <laughs> you all watch as Artixis falls unconscious, but the koi fish begins to move towards the stone and then regain consciousness to Tauntaun saying, hey, wake it up, lad, wake up. Come on, come on. <laughs> what? What happened? What? What happened? That. And you see the koi fish all but laying in your hand of its own free choice. Whoa. Oh, I, 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 fish touching me. This is a new, new thing. Um, uh, uh, is it, uh, uh, am I okay? Is this fine? Is this, uh, the edges of your mind are kind of, you feel like there's almost like these tendrils kind of grabbing onto the side of your brain and suddenly they recede almost as if pulled. You can almost feel like it getting pulled back into the crystal and the crystal then returns back to just a small glow and the fish just back into the water. Wow, that, um, glow, okay, okay, that was, uh, uh, Bartholomew, did you, did you feel that? I, uh, wow. Feel what? I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a no. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't like. Um, I don't like feeling things in my head. That's an odd sensation. But wow. And that's just a small bit of their power, of the power that changed this planet. That has very little power. Enough to hurt one who does not know how to attune to it, but just a small enough concentrated power to call the weakest sea life. So what you saw, and if this matches, has enough energy or residue of whatever power that changed our ancestors here. It has enough power to call and call all of those beasts. So what you're telling me is that our efforts might be better served um, looking into the Capo Arabe and their... Um, their doings in this uh, this instance versus uh, just trying to drive the hydras away. If what you saw is indeed calling these creatures, then the problem will be that the hydras will eventually destroy the wall again and again and again to get to the source. I don't know why this thing has awoken or why it chooses to show itself. I can posit a few guesses, but there's a problem here. You are the only one that has seen it. I am of but a few hundred beings on this planet who keep such knowledge. In my kind, we are, for the most part, storytellers, scholars, not muscle. You tell us to someone else, they're not going to believe you. We have a lot of issues. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, this is a little bit uh, bigger of a thing than just driving away a few multi-headed lizards. <laughs> I don't think Hydra urine is going to solve this problem. <laughs> is there a way to talk to the Kaparawabe? I just said that they had a language, but Ballastar has changed so much from joining the intergalactic community to its own culture. Like, we were talking centuries ago. More so, is there a way to, to get to them? He looks back at Artixis. You said this thing appeared in the crater left by the... Yes. Uh, so when I, uh, I was on top of the wall and um, I was looking at the crater uh, from uh, above the water 
and it looked like a uh, a surge, like a, a geyser of water just emerged uh, and shot out, and uh, it manifested itself from out of that. Mm. So from the depths. Yes. It was, uh, um, I I I uh, until I. Until I found some of these images in an old, uh, in an old book in, uh, uh, um, uh, in my house, I, um, I'll be honest, I thought that it came out of whatever fell and uh, hit the wall. Um, but uh, from what you're saying, it sounds more likely that uh, whatever fell just woke it up. Maybe. 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 That's what I would posit. Yes, yes, young lad. As for communicating with him, he rubs his jaw. I do know some of the primal languages of this land. If you could get me close enough, I could try to communicate with it, but that's a far-flung chance. Now, you you did say that these ancient creatures are rooted in the tradition of this land, of this area, and it appears that the people here have make offerings to them quite regularly. Uh, This thing, for all... it seems pissed off. I mean, if, if if this is the ancient land of these beings, and all of a sudden now it's, and if it, if this is what's happening, it's bringing hydras in to attack this area. Is there something that maybe these people have done to disrespect it in a way? Since you've been here, he thinks long and hard about it. No, not since I've been here. Nothing that I've seen. They are. And no offense to the Kashin, but they are not like the Kashin who show on the surface respect, but don't actually adhere to the old ways. No, the people here, the elders make sure that all of the old ways are adhered to. <sighs> yes, uh, Esmoria is a uh, quite a tradition-bound uh, place. Um, I'm sure you've uh, probably uh, you mentioned the tea shop, the whole taking the shoes off thing, and... Um, and not serving rats. Uh, again, not, that's not a particularly a tradition thing, more of a health health concern. Um, but uh, uh, not, not to, not to uh, dwell on that any further, but respect and courtesy are very big, uh, very big parts of what make Asmoria Asmoria. And that is uh, um, respect and courtesy towards not just uh, each other, uh, but also towards uh, the natural world, uh, the spirits, the ancestors that came before. Uh, Everything that they do in town is very steeped in tradition, which is part of why I am not allowed to live in town. (laughs) About nothing that I do is steeped in uh, tradition. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it seems like to me your uh, best lead at this point is to just go investigate the crater that you may or may not have seen this thing come out of yeah well uh if you guys are uh here on the business of the Kashid family then maybe they'll uh uh, uh, maybe I could actually get a good view of the wall in daylight, and, uh, maybe we could see some things. Uh, this also seems a lot bigger than just taking care of a few little hydra. If the Kashin have any other resources that might help us, that would probably be good to get into contact with them. Is there a way that we can be turned 
into fish? No. Get fins to breathe underwater? Uh, so I, I actually, uh, <laughs> I actually happen to, uh, I don't have it, uh, per, I, I'd have to, honestly, it's probably spent a couple weeks developing it, but, um, uh, I have, uh, uh I, I have in the past made rebreathers, uh, but I can only, I only realistically have the materials for one, uh, And we don't have a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't have, um, uh, I, I don't have anything ready to, uh, work on a project like that right now. Can um, we buy that somewhere? Uh, so th- th- there is one shop. Um, again, I'm also not allowed in there. Um, but uh, Me- uh, Mayo Momo, um, they collect a lot of things from off-world um, and just lots of kind of eclectic odd things. Um, and we don't really have a, a dealer in town of uh, uh, advanced technologies. Uh, but if anybody was going to have them, it would probably be them. Okay, well, Alice, you seem to have all the money, so... Artixis is the shop nearby, or is it far away? Uh, it's oh, it's 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 in the uh, it uh, it's in the center market. Um, so if you if, if if you went to the uh, Arsenu Tea Shop, then you've uh, probably walked right by it. Uh, the side isn't very uh, um, isn't very uh, glamorous compared to some of the other shops in town, but. Alrighty, so what I'm thinking, if everyone agrees, is I'll go get these rebreathers, and then. Um, if you guys want to check out the crater in the wall with Artixis, we can handle multiple things at once. I mean, that's, that sounds fine to me. I'd say, unless somebody else also wants to go check out the rebreathers, I can just contact me through the Neuralink and I can send the finances over. I'll go get the rebreathers. If you go, I then... I other errands I, I want to run. I'd say, if you go, yeah, then either I'm Clive not... or myself would have to go with you. As, yeah, I'm not quite sure about sending her I on her own. I can either go by myself or I'll stealth away from you guys and you won't be able to find me. So, If there's any other incidents, we do need these items. And also, I promise I, I won't try to kill anyone as long as they don't try to come on to me against I, my desires. Which I, is exactly why the other person was almost murdered. I would know. really rather nobody died. I'm already not allowed in doubt. I don't want to be <laughs> associated with murder. Yeah, strange I, enough, I'd... I'm having a hard time believing you. You're having a hard time believing that I almost killed that guy because he was coming on to me when I told him not to? I because that's exactly him. what I happened. I see that happen. If I may, and Tauntaun stands up to his full height and I looks down from here. his crooked nose down at Ray <laughs> and then at Atlas, Clive, if she's going into town, I have a vested interest in making sure that this town stays put together. Hey, I, I I resent that look you just gave me. I it was one wall, one wall, lad. But the truth is the truth, and I can chaperone her, if need be. Which I must say, as a storyteller and a collector of lore, and probably your potential only point of communicating with this beast, I would like to come. So that works for me. I am considering myself yeah. a part of this team. Oh, of course, you're uh, always always welcome. Uh, always welcome with me, Todd Todd. That's why I like you, lad. I I just would like to acknowledge I am an adult. I can supervise myself, and I don't need a chaperone but to get into town. Also under the eyes of the Kashin. That's fine, but I also don't need a chaperone. Let's just do the incident before. If we ruin a repu- ruin our relationship with this village, then it ruins a lot of business with the Kashin. 
Can I ask how the Kashin would respond to one of their women being treated poorly? Uh, depending on how the individual and... came upon them, they'd either handle it, like you said, as an adult, or something equal to that. As I did. Then they'd probably just walk away from it. Unless it got physical. If it gets physical, then obviously a Kashin warrior or female would handle it herself. It definitely got physical. Did it? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I made it clear to all of you yet, but uh, I'm not allowed in any of the uh, facilities in town. If you're with Atlas, you'll be allowed. I know, and I that's that that's totally fine. But you know, you guys leave, and then I still live here. Mm -hmm. um, I have to think about um, chaperoning. Just think of the storyteller coming with you as one, like he said, he wants to be come along, but two, none of us know where the shop is. So he could probably just take you there. I'm gonna pretend that's an excuse, but I want you to also know I'm very good at directions. I do not doubt that. Fine. Come on, lass. Have you ever heard of Algen the Bloodless? Now that's a story I think you would love. But I saw him, and he deserved that cut. He deserved it. Thank you. Were you there? I see many things. Many things. And then they disappear. That's uh, quite a uh, quite a loose cannon you've uh, you're, you're walking around with. Yeah, she does her job well. Well, we can go check out the crater, and you can look at the wall. We see Artixis examining the damage to the wall and cross-referencing, checking to make sure it's all good. You find that there is more damage that's been done from the Hydras continuing to try and claw their way in. And even now, just beyond, although it took some convincing, the security ignore you, Artixis, but they look at you uncomfortably as they also spend their time gazing out through the hole in the shield wall to the greater straight, making sure that they fire off a little bit of their flame booster to drive away any Hydra who comes a little too close. Meanwhile, near about 10 feet away, below the damage on the wall, there is the remnants of where this thing that fell from the sky hit not only the wall, but burrowed deep into the waters. Clive and Atlas stand there looking at it. It is covered in water. It is a darker shade of blue, denoting where you, it's deeper. And you can see that what Artixis once described as being a bigger crater has been mostly filled. But it does look like there is some sort of hole that goes down deeper. I need both Clive and Atlas to roll a group investigation roll. Uh, 16. 17. There is something that does catch your attention. Just a small, like glint as the last glow of light goes away and 
you kind of have to like dig your arm in a little bit to get at it you pull free what looks to be some sort of like metallic piece of wreckage and there is it is about the length of like your forearm there are some wires hanging off of it most of it corroded away scrape marks and some sort of like written ruinic language on there almost looks like it was clawed in by something but it is it forms some sort of language what languages do you guys speak pretty sure i have just common yep common uh, gray and basic code nothing that you recognize hmm well we should probably hold on to this see if uh, tauntaun recognizes it he did say he was quite adept at uh, many primal languages so i'm sure he'll have some sort of idea sounds good to me is there any other like signs of just the uh Arbe? nothing that you would see up on the surface the only other weird sign that you notice is there are like fish many of them and they are all darting into the hole like one after the other it's like a line almost like a school of fish just <laughs> glinting silver and greens Clive's going to start clearing out as much of the rubble as he can from where the hole is. Basically as far as he can go before he's submerged in, into the water. Go ahead and make a athletics roll. And there's a little bit of a shifting and actually some rubble falls in and place more. Ugh, uh, man. I was never any good at this. Atlas, can you give me a hand here? Alright, Atlas will stop looking around and help. Nine plus seven, so sixteen. You're able to undo some of the damage that Clive made. You can't get some of the bigger pieces out because it's awkward with the water getting handholds, but you make a little bit more of an entrance than what was there before with the and immediately more fish dart in. No fish ever coming out. And then we swap over to Ray and Tauntaun. Mayo Momo. It is closed. It is a simple A-frame shop and the door is an archaic door with a simple lock. Now I I think Joe sleeps here. I'm not sure. How good are you with locks? Oh, I'm I'm really good. Oh. I can break the lock, but maybe we should knock? You could, but I wouldn't wake Joe at this hour. I mean is it better to wake Joe than to break into Joe's shop? You suddenly you're full of a lot more propriety than I thought you were. Well, they're trusting me to be away from them and not make a scene. And so here I am, away from them, not making a scene. Are you trying to get me in trouble? More or less testing your honor. Please, knock. And you see the windows begin to rattle as these heavy footsteps. Um, you sound large. Um, we're here to buy some rebreathers. I'm closed. Go away. Well, I need you to open up. No. Please? Why? Because I'm here with the Kashin family and we're trying to find the, the thing that took apart the wall and 
I have money to buy them, or Atlas does, and I have to ask him for it. Make a persuasion roll. That's a two. Before me, you give you half off. But if I'm not open, I give you nothing, and I get my wares at the right price. Go away. Well, how much is a rebreather without half off? Roll a charisma roll. Straight. Uh, wrong person. We said the wrong person. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a five. <laughs> Four thousand credits. I look at Tauntaun. I don't really know how much a re-reader is supposed to cost, and that sounds like a lot. He smiles. It adds up. What's the average price of a re-reader? I haven't had to buy one in ages. I think when I got mine, it was uh, closer to three. But with inflation and the change in prices, you know, Joe's been having a bit of a uh, toe growth problem. If you, he can't reach it. If you offer to clip it, he might. <laughs> I'm not clipping his toe. I'm not clipping his toe. You're still here. Go away or put credit in the account and I leave rebreather in the doggy door. Okay, can I get a discount if I'm buying multiple rebreathers? Because I am going to be buying five of them. Last persuasion roll, but with a disadvantage. Okay, I'm buying rebreathers or I'm breaking in. No! Getting Atlas and he's gonna help me. You'll break your knees if you break in. I'm picking the lock. I'm picking the lock. Is that a sleight of hand? Yes. It's 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 not. That is a nat one, but plus a nine, so ten. Your tools break. This time you see two cragging eyes covered like in morning snot it's staring through this small little window that barely fits the eyes the skin is like gray skin that's been stretched taut and you can see the blood kind of like pulsing out of like the sides and as his face is barely framed in there don't touch my door okay have a great day bye and i'm sticking around the back to try to break in roll a stealth roll 17 Tauntaun yells after you. Ah, the parable of Ray of the Kashin. This will be one to tell. You sneak around the back and you see a large back door that seems like it could fit a figure probably closer to like nine feet in height. And you see a doggy door. I'm going through the doggy door. Roll an acrobatics roll to get through the doggy door. 13. Barely squeeze through. Immediately you're met by the sound of <laughs> and you see a two-headed corgi sleeping in a, in a bed next to you. How big is this corgi? <laughs> Average size. Okay. Yeah. okay. Is this is this a corgi that I could like, I could hold down? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna get on top of the corgi. Have a knife to its throat. I'm buying the rebreathers at three thousand a piece, or I'm killing the corgi. What? 
and I'm gonna call Atlas really quick and say, hey Atlas, I need you to transfer over 15,000 credits right away. I'm in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> I don't have time to explain. <laughs> I don't have 15,000, man. <laughs> <laughs> These are expensive. I, I, and then you hear, like, growling of the corgi in the background, and you hear big footsteps walking towards me. No! I will transfer them over right now. You see a half-ogre standing over the bar, <laughs> looking know. down at you, and it's holding like a, a pipe wrench in one hand. It leans over with this one buck tooth, and it says, Let him go! Let me buy the rebreathers. Roll an intimidation roll. That's a nine. It rolled a two. And it just freezes. No! Not Blossom! You know her. Blossom, you know her, Blossom. I'm here with the Kashin family. I'm trying to get the, the, whatever they're called out of your water so that you can live a normal life again. I'm not trying to be a bad guy, but you made this very difficult and I need the rebreathers now. You hear the footstep before it comes. You pull the knife up closer as you hear a, a third figure walking out from a different part of the, of the room. And do you see this two foot tall rabbit in a skin suit holding a shotgun, one ear half taken off, and it says, All right, all right. You're busting our balls here, lady. Quit messing with Joe and let the dog go, all right? What do you want? You want us to sell your rebreathers? Yeah. Do you think you get away with you can break into, you, you can break into the honored peach and take stuff that you want, huh? Well, I did ask kindly. I said please. The door was closed, lady. Well, I needed to get the rebreathers right now. And I didn't have the option of later. Okay, okay. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna tell Joe not to bash your head in. And you're gonna let go of the corgi. But you're gonna let Blossom go. I'm gonna put Blossom on a leash. And you and I are gonna sit down and we're gonna talk like adults. We're gonna talk while I have the knife to the dog's throat. Because then I have nothing to hold against you. Okay. All right. Hey, Joe. What, boss? She's busting our balls. Well, I only got one. Well, she's busting <laughs> the other one. All right. Now, you know that I traded hard for them rebreathers. But if she's going to play tough, we're going to play tough. Go smash them. Okay, I'm going to start walking out with the dog. Are you going to take him? You're going to take him and we're going to start a little manhunt for your Kashin family. Oh, you're going to start a manhunt against the Kashin family. Oh, okay. Are you calling me out because I'm a rabbit? Because I'm, they made me to look like one? I'm going to call you out because you're a rabbit. Yeah. All right, Joe. Break the rebreathers. I need you to go ahead and roll a athletics check. That's a 17. The corgi bites at your arm. <laughs> And it breaks free and runs over to Joe and runs around his foot. Joe looks down. Blossom. And picks it up instead of smashing the rebreather. All right, lady. You lost the dog. And you got about five seconds before I blow you to kingdom come. You want rebreathers? And this is how you come to get them? Yes, I hope this works. Because you weren't opening the door, and I needed rebreathers tonight. Are you going to keep bothering me, coming back here, trying to steal them unless I smash them? Yes. Probably. All right, all right. You know, I do have to say, I do have immense respect for how you held your ground there. 
Like, don't have a lot of respect for a lot of people, but the way you did that was pretty cool. Just from, like, I'm not buying it, Bucktooth. <laughs> I don't have Bucktooth. So I'm thinking here, you're gonna be a sore thumb in my keister, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not about to smash good product I can sm- I can sell. I also know that I instructed big old Joe over there not to help you because I didn't want to give you a discount. But considering everything, I'm not going to give you a discount. You're going to buy the rebreather from me at full price and then some. And you're going to leave. I want to see you back in this shop again. Okay, here's the thing. I do know that 4,000 a lot. Joe? Can I just finish my sentence? Yeah, you got about five <laughs> seconds to convince me not to smash him. I also know I'm trying to do something good for your town. And I'm also trying to make sure you don't get destroyed in the process. I so, don't really care about this town, lady. Okay. Well, I need these rebreathers, and I don't have $20,000 to buy them. Well, then you can buy one. Well, I need five. Well, you're out of luck. Okay. Two. Three? Three. At 3,500. Joe's hand raises in the air. At 3,500? Okay. Alice, can you please transfer over 12,000 credits? I'm negotiating. Yeah, he'll transfer 12,000. Thank you. I sound super annoyed for the record. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right. You'll give her the rebreathers. But do it. He comes over. Hands them to you. All right. I'm not going to give you the dignity of walking out that front door. You can crawl back on out the dog door. You know, I'm going to leave a very bad review and make sure that people do not come to your shop again. I did the same to Arsenu's tea shop due to it being ratsist and just wait for the reviews people are getting here. And I crawl out the door. And then you hear the sound of a wood slap being put over the doggy door that keeps it shut with a coosh. And I go out to Tauntaun and say, got the rebreathers ready to go. I heard. I got these for you. And he hands you an egg. The tea shop's on the way. Why did you give me an egg? Does it blow up? He just looks at you, smiles, and... We're walking by the tea shop. Oh, you're back. Uh, I'm assuming you met Joe. Uh, he got a lovely dog, Blossom, is just the cutest thing in the world. Oh, yes. Blossom and I bonded. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, honestly, I've, I feel like it's, uh, it's it's hard not to bond with a two-headed corgi. I mean, come on. Uh, where it's not every day you see that. And I wink at Tauntaun. And then I also say, and we visited our snoo tea shop. And I have one egg in hand. Just... Tossing it up and down. Oh, did you, uh, um, four. I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you probably, I mean, they don't use a whole lot of eggs, but, uh, they, every now and then, uh, they do have a monthly special on ramen, and they do have a boiled egg that they, uh, I was, I, I'm sure they would probably love those. These are not boiled. Uh, are, are, oh, are they? Well, I mean, we could always boil them if they're raw. I mean, it's, uh, I didn't want them boiled. Um, oh, okay. Well, uh, I don't follow. Tauntaun and I had a great time going to get the 
the rebreathers, we unfortunately can only get three. But three of us can go down and two of us keep guard. Uh, well, uh, I, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, I could stay up here and send Bartholomew down. I mean, he doesn't actually need to breathe. Um, but, uh, he can relay back images to me. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, an option if we're needing to divide up the rebreathers a little bit more. Strategy 4006 point B. Ready to jump and dive. Return with collective information for the group. <laughs> it's not every day we get to utilize any of these. Honestly, what I think we should do is get some rest, and then tomorrow, which I should have thought about before, spending a lot of my credits, is uh, we should check with the Elder and see if they have any rebreathers available, because it seems like this village obviously works a lot with the sea, and uh, they may have some spares that could be given to us. <laughs> yes, yes, as a player, I feel really dumb that I did not think a sea village may or may not have some rebreathers just sitting around and i should have just asked somebody uh well we can't return these oh no no we're keeping no we're, we're keeping the reeds no we're keeping the ones that were obviously purchased with uh i feel like that's actually a good place to stop that episode <laughs> that's pretty song. good it's been a very expensive pair of episodes oh yeah, yeah. buy them back to yeah. peasantry <laughs> <laughs> These have been some crazy episodes. Oh like, <laughs> goofy. Can this um, one be called, like, something about egging Arsenu Tea Shop? Yeah. I, 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 I think it needs to have something to do with uh, not condoning violence against animals. Yeah. <laughs> or condoning it. No. <laughs> the corgi dilemma, yeah, basically. The corgi dilemma. The corgi dilemma. Oh, the court. That's actually great. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.